Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and um, I have two very special guests with me today. One in particular I have been wanting to talk to for uh, quite some time because I am a very big fan of a a vault comic you might have heard about, uh, Resonant. Um, but uh, with me today to talk about their new Kickstarter for Dead Blood, which you can back right now. Um, please welcome to the podcast, David Andre and Christopher Alvarez. How are the two of you doing tonight? Good. Thanks for yeah, having me. Well. Thank you. All right. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, the, the new Kickstarter is Dead Blood. And I was lucky enough to read uh, a preview of issue one. Um, I think the number one thing that jumped out at me is like really heavy 90s comic vibes, um, which <laughs> I very much loved. I also like that it kind of starts and you're thrown right into the middle, middle of this world and kind of are, are picking up as you go, like, what is this all about? I mean, it is n- not very, uh, at least in the, the issue, you know, the parts I had read, like not very like exposition heavy, which I kind of loved about it. Like you're discovering things as you go. And each little, each new panel was a lot of fun to kind of figure out like exactly like what's going on here. Um, so I don't know if 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 David you want to start or Christopher why don't you you kind of tell you know the, the listeners what what is Dead Blood all about? Well, you kind of you kind of nailed it. It's I like to think of it as like if me and Christopher were creating comics in the '90s, this is the comic we would have made. Uh, so it's you know we both came up during that time of like loving the '90s comics and. How 90s comics really pushed the boundaries of everything that was going on at that time. And um, so we just wanted to kind of make our own version of that. Uh, and so, yeah, it is the story of, you know, at its heart of brothers, one happens to be dead and he's a ghost and he's psychically attached to his other brother. Uh, and uh, he's got a big, uh, you know, there's a big gun that shoots a bunch of bullets and. Uh, they can both kind of tap into the spirit realm. So Cole, the big brother, the the living one, can fire these spirit bullets and Rip is his ghostly kind of brother that helps him uh, fight injustices. And so, yeah, it's it's Chris and I's take on, let's do a cool 90s comic. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I, th- I think you, you hit it on the head with very little exposition because 
I mean, we've we've all read those books too, but uh, I feel like in the 90s, you were just thrown right into something and you had to get to know 12 different characters on a team immediately. Um, and you were just kind of hanging on, white knuckling for the ride. So yeah, I love that we just started right off there, guns blazing, and then it does unfold. And we've got a, another couple issues already, uh, one scripted out, one plotted out, and it definitely builds upon that and uh, adds to the lore and more to the, to, to the world. Yeah. And, you know, my, my, I wrote like the first couple and I said, I asked Christopher, which one did he want to draw? So I didn't really write it as a number one. It's just one of, and it can, they can happen in sequential order. They can happen out of order. Um, and it kind of reminds me of uh, when, when Christopher and I do conventions together and we're sitting at a table, he likes to go off and find the, the quarter bins and, rifle through and find a couple of 90s comics that maybe he missed or he enjoyed and we'll read them at the table and you kind of just jump into this world and oh there's 12 people jumping through a wall oh and they they have all their names attached to them but you don't really know anything about them and then a big fight happens and that's you know it's it's the fun of it too it's the fun of like not having to wade through a bunch of world building it's like no let's get to the fun stuff and let's just let let's just really uh, enjoy ourselves in this comic. Yeah, and I think of yeah, it. I mean, um, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Christopher. I, I was going to say that I think of it um, kind of like a <clears throat> how uh, Hellboy stories are told. How uh, you have uh, you have kind of these mini series that take place in different parts of his life, and. All the while, you're kind of getting all this additional information and characters and pieces and backstory, and then you have this whole universe fleshed out. So, yeah, uh, like David said, we've got these little snippets into into the brothers' lives, and they take place at different times and different, you know, baddies and all kinds of things going on. So, yeah, I and I, I mean, fun is like probably other than the nineties, like fun is the number one thing. Like I read it. I, it, I, I have to wait, but um, I, you know, instantly wanted to tell my brother about it and be like, I just read a comic that you are also going to want to read. Cause we, <laughs> you know, we, we go to Baltimore comic-con every year together and we, we like, we both like comics and it was something that I thought like, Oh, he's, he's, you know, really gonna enjoy as well. Like it was just, you know, there's just so many little things that I want to know more about. And that's, that's what I like. Like, I like, you know, there's, and I think trying to figure out like, wait, who are the, who are the bats and who are the, this and, and the other little <laughs> groups that are mentioned. I'm like, I, I want to know more about them. And I read it, um, you know, cause you sent me a PDF. So I was on my iPad and like scrolling, reading it digitally. I, I just loved how it was laid out. Um, just everything from when you see the first two characters, uh, the one I think is named Callie and they're sitting on like a truck. And just as I was scrolling down, like how the, it was all paneled out, I just thought it was really interesting to introduce all the different characters. And I just, I, I loved it. I love the art. I, I just thought it was bright and yeah, just fun. I mean, I just, I just had a good time and I wanted to read more as soon as I was done. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm really uh, pushing things just like, I'm 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 accustomed to uh, David and I's previous stories have been more I guess grounded uh, so to speak and I'm I'm a big fan of just a three tier page you know six nine panels something pretty 
pretty rigid and that helps me focus and work but with this one david just said just go for it just go all out and i i've, I've been trying to do that and and get a little bit uh think a little outside of the box with the the paneling so uh i, I appreciate you you commenting on that yeah it, it, it stood out and was one of the things that i noticed yeah, it was one of the things that I think we noticed about 90s comics, too, is they broke all these rules, you know? Layers like, this guy's fist is coming through another panel. You know, that doesn't really make any sense, but it looks cool. And, yeah. like, you had a bunch of close-ups of faces and screaming and, like, one person yelling over here and then a big giant splash. And they were just really dynamic in the way that they were laid out. And people were taking a lot of risks and then you had you know computer coloring starting at the same time so you got these crazy panel layouts these bright colorful characters and this super bold uh, coloring on the page and and the paper quality was better and so uh, all the, all those things came together and made comics really exciting at that time uh and and uh bruno who did our uh i don't know how to say his last name you know how to say his last name Chris. I, I think it's for lonnie for lonnie for, for yeah. lonnie yeah he did the coloring on crash and troy as well uh right. he actually just went insane like i've yeah, never seen Hamill, colors man. i've never seen colors like this before and yeah. i think he totally took the concept of make a 90s comic in 2023 and just absolutely nailed it He's got all these textures and things that look like screen tones and stuff and just explosions onto the page of color. Basically, you know, taking that prompt saying, you know, what can I do with today's technology that they would have been doing in the 90s if they had it? And it's it really I mean, every single page pops and it really highlights uh, Christopher's art in a way that, you know, I've never seen it highlighted before. I mean, it, the pages are amazing. Yeah, I I love the the color work in it, and um, you know, David, you've worked with you know some some pretty exceptional colorists, um, but a lot of those those comics I, I would say are well, what I would consider more of a modern uh, color palette. I mean, but uh, Dead Blood is it, it is just <laughs> it is bright, it is vibrant, it yeah. is just something like different than I've you know, some of the, the comics that you've been on a writer for colored before with, with different artists. And, um, yeah, I really loved it, especially rip, um, in terms of, uh, that character, uh, was great. Yeah. Yeah. He really nailed it. You know, I, I, all I did was give him some, some color guides, some really rough notes. And like David said, I just said, basically bring bring your 90s game <laughs> you know and and he did everything in in the book was his uh, you know he he would send these pages in and the notes were so minimal i mean he, yeah. he just yeah i think he, i think you had one note and i think i had no notes <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it was it, like it, my notes were like holy crap wow this is amazing you know <laughs> yeah i feel like to, to to your point, Jimmy, I feel like he he really um, just kind of touched on on that that whole era of things, and it it does it does stray away from what you see in in other modern books right now, which I appreciate. I think this book, you know, I think it it's not like other books that are out right now. Which I I don't know. I feel like we got a, a little something unique, and it's something that's I think a lot of people are going to enjoy. 
Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, I don't think there are too many out there, you know, like this now done this way. Um, and it's a thick creative team. Uh, the, it's lettered by Micah Myers. Yep. Yeah. He's a pro right? in yeah. everything he does. Yeah. Yeah. I really again, like, again, that I was really a whole like Micah's no work notes. as well. Yeah. That was a whole no notes kind of thing for him too. Cause again, he, he took that nineties vibe and just, you know, splashed it on the page. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think we really got really lucky with the team kind of buying into the concept. Um, and like really going, going hard, going for it, you know? Um, and really, I think it shows the love there is for nineties comics out there. And, you know, we, we like to make fun of nineties comics too, but they really did a lot of things that, you know, pushed the, the medium forward. Um, so I think we're finding those things that we respected about them and highlighting them on the page. Yeah. There's certainly a fair amount of like, criticism that's sometimes leveled towards you know 90 co- 90s comics but yeah it, it 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 did do a lot and there were there's but there's you know so many classic stories and so many things that folks still draw from today and there's so many just fun outlandish elements that you can kind of take and you know i still think the 90s was 10 years ago and it was 30 <laughs> yeah oh, i know i know it yeah we got we got a couple of gray beards on the uh program here so yeah it yeah. feels like it was yesterday but it was definitely not <laughs> right right um uh one of the other things i really liked about this i i want to make sure that I, I i point out when folks you know back the kickstarter and then get the comic they'll see what i'm I'm talking about but there's one point in time where i guess the main character is is it cull right yeah. is that yeah yes. and uh is is firing off the weapon and I, it's like the lettering effect is of, of the the gunfire is like used almost as like a panel border yeah i mean yeah i thought that was that, so cool that was, that that was, was just that, awesome that's, that's christopher being <laughs> right. very meticulous yeah that was that was a lot that was a lot to draw <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, well and, and the very cool thing is he works traditionally so that's all on a piece of paper somewhere and it yeah. looks i mean He's drawn at the big, big size and those pages. Like if you ever get to see us at a show, like at a convention, ask to see those pages because those pages are amazing. They're each, you know, works of art, you know, with his meticulous panel layouts with like, especially like there's, there's this panel, there's this page that's kind of like a big starburst almost looking like and all these tiny panels coming up and, uh, yeah, it is. They're they're really great to look at in person, and those those are pretty stunning, uh, stunning pages. Yeah, thank wow. you. I, I I had a I had a really good time drawing them though too. I mean, I think it, it, scripted wise, it was just chugga chugga or something like that. And <laughs> right, right. That, sounds like, that sounds like something I would write. That's yeah, like I think right. that's, like, that's not really what it was. Didn't <laughs> seem impactful as impactful as it it should have. <laughs> uh, so I you know I kind of played around with a lot of things and. I just wanted that constant barrage of of that sound uh, c- coming through coming through the, the page. Yeah, yeah, and, it, you know, it works. Yeah, go ahead, David. Yeah, and and you know, kind of kind of bouncing off of that, I really can't take credit as writer. I mean, I did write the script for the most part, but Chris and I came up with the story, and Chris, you know, is more than the co creator on this. You know, coming up with a lot of the 
ideas behind rip and call and the story and the backstory. And, you know, we have tons of, you know, information about, you know, the world and all this stuff that we're, we're just giving people a little bit of peace on, but he is more than able to take stuff and say, well, I'm going to change this, this, this. I'm like, good, make it better. Go ahead. Uh, people <laughs> will always give me credit for it. So, uh, so yeah, a lot of the stuff you see is, is coming straight from, from his brain, uh, not just me. Right. Well, I mean, I was in the third panel, I think, along the bottom, uh, just says batshit crazy. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm along this ride. <laughs> yeah. And again, that's, that's, uh, Chris has that hand lettered on the page. That is, uh, that's not the letter on that one. Yeah. Oh, so wow. some of those, a lot of those sound effects and stuff. And I love that. I love sound effects on the page, you know, the Daniel Warren Johnson's. And, you know, and like the old school stuff where everything was lettered on the page. That's, you know, that's my jam too. So I'd love mm -hmm. to see that stuff done practically like on the page. Yeah. Right. I'm no, I'm no letterer, but I'm giving it a go. <laughs> well, ni nice work, with, especially with the, uh, the gunfire sound effect as the panel border. I thought that was fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Do you just work? Um, I mean, do you work digitally at all or do you, do you still just work traditionally? No, I just work just traditional right now. I'll do uh, a little bit of coloring uh, digitally. Um, mm -hmm. I used it for the color guides that that I gave to to Bruno, but really that's about it. Um, I think there are just people that are much better at it than I am, and I love collaborating with people. I'd never worked with Bruno before on this, so it was, you know, I, I had seen his portfolio, and I just said, yeah, I think this will match with this, and luckily it, it did. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just this. Let's see, this this guy mostly is, you know, this and some microns <laughs> yeah. is basically everything that was done for for the right. whole book. So, oh, yeah, that's fantastic. And so, yeah, what was the decision like to take it to um to take something like this uh, to Kickstarter? Um, well, you know, we paid for everything out of pocket. I mean, Christopher did the work, you know, as far as, you know, you know, the months and months of toiling at the drawing table, you know, so, um, and then we, you know, we paid for the color and we paid for the lettering and, you know, it was coming out so freaking good that I'm like, you know, cause usually we would just pay for a small print run ourselves and sell it at cons and maybe do an online order. And I'm like, man, people are going to buy this thing online. And that's going to be kind of a, you know, a pain to give it out in like dribs and drabs. I'm like, and I was thinking, let's just do it as a pre-order. Let's do a Kickstarter as a pre-order. Um, and just so we we know how many to print and we don't overprint by too much or we don't underprint by, by too much. Um, right. So I, I think we just had thought of it, you know, because we don't need it. We didn't need it to fund the thing. It was already, it's done. I mean, it's all in the can and ready to go. Um, and as soon as like the Kickstarter ends, we can ship out digital orders. And then we have a local, um, we have a local print um, house that we use to usually print our comics and, and we'll probably go through them. So we can be done with the print in a couple of weeks and start shipping stuff out. Um, so it was just an easier way, I think, to do a print run um, and figure out how many to print the first time, you know, and I, it's just looking, it was looking so good um to me that i thought it deserved to get 
a wider distribution than we would normally do for our self-published stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think it's, uh, I I can't think of too many books like this. And I think there's, uh, you know, it's, even though I don't like to acknowledge uh, as old as I am, I I do think there is some like nineties nostalgia that, that is like very like right now that I think will, you know, and it's not just that it's also was, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's and it's yeah. so much fun to look at. I mean, I love I love the art and the colors. So yeah, I think um, yeah. I, I encourage everyone who's listening to to check it out. I I think it'll well, be great. And our and the and the print shop that we use does a chromium cover. So we're like, well, we got to do like it's a '90s comic. You got to do at least one weird like die cut chromium, you know, trading card something. So it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we want to do a chromium print run and that stuff is expensive. So we just don't want to overprint it. Um, and then I thought it was a good idea and Christopher thought it was a good idea. And then I I had made Christopher run the whole thing. So <laughs> and then do you um have you brought in anybody else for um to do, you know, one of those uh weird covers, fun covers? Yeah, yeah, we got our uh, buddy uh, Adam Adam Cahoon uh, is doing a variant cover for us, uh, and he absolutely crushed it. Uh, yeah. He he um, ended up drawing uh, two things actually. Um, one was just because, and it's the cover that we're using. He just wanted to draw something after reading the book, which is amazing. Um, and the other one was a request that that I had for him, and hopefully we get to see that in a, a future issue. Um, but he, he took the, 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 uh, lead villain of the story and made a cover out of that. And it's, okay. uh, it, it's, it's in his style, black and white. Um, oh God, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then he also did like a, I think it's a six, six page, four page short, six, page. um, six page short. Yeah. That he, he, he like wanted to write it too. So he he kind of we we talked about uh, a little bit of uh Rip and Cole's backstory and where they came from um and so he did a story based in their in their prior to being warriors for justice uh, prior to that life what was their life before so we get a little prequel action um and he illustrated that wrote that and uh Matt Harding uh colored it and Micah again did the lettering on it and so you get a little bonus uh preview of prequel i don't know what you want to call it yeah uh, blast from the past yeah Yeah. things out a little bit more right yeah yeah Yeah. so you know we have some some backstory uh material in there it's really fun that he 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 illustrated that's fantastic um i love that and so you know we talked a lot about 90s comics in general but do the i think i'd be remiss if i didn't ask like in terms of like inspiration or like favorites do you have like 90s comics you always think about or go to and say oh this is a quintessential like 90s comic you know is there something that like comes to the forefront of your mind i was a big uh i was a big x-force liefeld run and then um you know, and then of course the Jim Lee X Men, huge Jim Lee fan, even to today. Um, and I, you know, when Image, when Image was founded, I had pretty much everything on my pull list. You know, I got Spawn and Youngblood and Death Blow and 
wet well maybe not wet works because that never came out that often but uh <laughs> but, for, but uh like gen 13 you know pretty much all of those all the big all the big ones you could think of i just i consumed it all that was like 100 my jam um and, you know until i you know went to college and ran out of money <laughs> Christopher, what about you? Yeah, X Force, same. I think, uh, and our um, the logo that's on the cover of the the book um, was originally a stacked logo, and um, Adam Cahoon. Uh, we got to give uh, Tim Daniel a shout out too because yeah. he dressed the the book and is going to be putting that thing together, and it looks awesome. But uh, uh, Adam um, created our logo when it was stacked, and you know, the, he asked color scheme and I said, red and yellow. We wanted, we wanted that kind of echo of the old X-Force logo. Um, so X-Force is huge. Um, Wildcats, I think yeah. was probably the, the top for, for me. Um, mm-hmm. Just the whole, oh, most of the Wildstorm universe, honestly, was, was, was my thing. I, I really, I did love uh, Liefeld back in the day. I mean, he, he kind of brought me into the art, but when it came to terms and being like, not only like a consistent product, but um, just, uh, I, I don't know, more consistent deadlines too. Uh, everything was a mess back then. So um, I was kind of like Wildstorm, Wildcats, Gen 13, all of that kind of stuff really stood out to me. I love the team book. Weird that we're Doing well, a solo book. Well, uh, I guess it's, it's, it's Savage Dragon. Savage it's Dragon be a team was really eventually. We'll yeah, work it up yeah, to a team. Yeah, Savage yeah. Dragon was huge for me. Um, when the first, I don't know, a uh, few years, you know, I, I collected that solidly, read everything. Um, gosh, and now when you know, uh, David had alluded to to the the quarter bin diving, and now I look for all the the underground stuff that i missed um I, I actually worked i started working at a comic book shop in uh the late 90s and so i kind of got the tail end of all of those the books and kind of the transition into it was like right around the time when uh writing writing i don't know so so bad to say but you know what i'm saying like uh when um uh, the ultimates started to hit and mm-hmm. it kind of shifted uh, from yeah. like art into, into more storytelling. Right. Um, but I, I got to see so many great nineties books on the stands while I was at, at just working at the shop. So I'd read everything that came out. I don't know where I was going with that. I think I had a point. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> lots of 90s yeah, well, yeah, we, lots we of find, 90s like, we, it was with well, the fun thing about the nineties too, is there were, you know, we know about Image, but there was a ton of different publishers, and they were all trying to hit that same That's what I was kind saying. of look yeah, at everything. And everyone had yeah. like the big pouches and shoulder shoulder yeah. you know pads and guns and stuff like that. You know, uh, and and so you can find some really strange things that came out in the nineties trying to oh, sure to, try I, to strike I, that gold. I don't know that I've actually ever read it, but whenever anyone mentions 90s comics, the first image that comes to my mind is of Sam Keith's The Max. Oh, <laughs> huge, huge. I have all the trades on my on my shelf. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's like the first image yeah. that pops into my head and I, I'm like, oh yeah, I, re- I remember seeing that in the comic yeah, book shop. Well, Keith was doing things that just 
nobody else was doing. He was he was in his own sandbox and creating his own thing and and going way outside the lines of of Wildcats and and Youngblood, you know. And to for that to have the the legs that it did, and for him to be able to do, I, I feel like exactly what he wanted to do. That book went off the rails. Um, you know that that's a that's huge. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, you know, taking those things from the '90s comics and like having them kind of like percolate for, you know, twenty, thirty years, and then you know, is it really pouring it all into? You know, dead blood. Yeah, 100%. And I'm like, I'm always in my mind running through like, you know, what those comics looked like and what they felt like. You know, I, I like in, in the first issue here, we have one of the bad guys holding somebody hostage while they make a speech. And I'm like, I have to have that happen so much in the 90s. And then there was like reveals and surprises. And so, you know, I had to have some of these like big explosions and like people jumping places when they really didn't need to jump places and just anything to put more action on the page. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely trying to keep all that stuff in mind and hit all those. Maybe you don't realize it was a touchstone, but it's definitely like, to me, it was a touchstone of like the nineties comics where, you know, you had these every, every issue, a new character was, you know, um, was introduced. The bad guys were always talking and, you know, they always had big conversations while they're fighting and, you know, trying to keep it to a reader's sensibilities for today, not having large blocks of exposition and stuff, but also um, trying to hit that fun stuff. Yeah. And so Christopher, I wanted to, to ask you in terms of, um, you mentioned like, like pushing yourself in terms of like panel layouts and things along those lines, but is there anything in particular in terms of like when you're getting into it and drawing it, that you're like, I have to have this in here. And I don't I mean, if, you, if it's too spoilery, but I don't know if you can like dance around the answer. Yeah, no, no. I, I feel like I'm always trying to, to look at the page and find, you know, that one kind of panel to, to blow up and, and make a, a focal point and kind of, something that really puts you in that particular scene. And I think David does a really good job of, of laying things out really clearly and not putting too many panels on a page. If there's a lot of panels on a page, it's because I put them on the page. <laughs> yeah, it's not my fault. I didn't put nine panels on that page. Exactly. There was, there was five and you yeah, said there, I need there to break five this into and four panels. For whatever reason, I felt I needed to stretch it out or emphasize particular things. So, um, and there are a lot of splashes in this book too. You know, there's a double page. There's a, you open with a, a full page splash. You turn the page. There's a double page splash. So we're trying to go really big. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I love all the '90s books, and that's definitely like in my DNA. After that, I went hard into underground comics, and I haven't fully surfaced <laughs> since. I mean, I'm still fully in that in that scene, and that's a, a, the majority of the books that I get. Um, but I, I do go to comic shops. I still get mainstream books, um, you know, things that pop out or, or things that 
you know, I'm lucky enough to have a lot of friends in the industry, so I'll, I'll collect what they're getting or what they're making rather. But so it's like, it's this 90s and underground comic kind of merging. And I, like I, I, I touched on earlier, I, I do, you know, three tier kind of like talking heads, lots of drama. So for me to go this big and, and outside of the box is really, um, I, I'm pushing things and I, I, I know I'm not always landing it. But I'm feeling pretty good about it. And <laughs> I, I think, you know, I'm getting a little better at every page. Yeah, that was pretty much my only ever note to Chris. I'm like, let's go crazy with the panel layouts. Let's break some rules. Let's, you know, because, you know, don't, don't, don't stay inside the lines, you know, do whatever, you know, makes it more dynamic on the page. And like he took that one note and kind of, again, you'll see in that first issue just went absolutely crazy on it um so it really yeah i um this thing turned out like a million times better than we had any hope for it turning out just everything came together so perfectly on it well it was so it was so ridiculous i mean the (laughs) the the, like origin story of this book is it's so stupid (laughs) yeah you know we wanted to do We we both we both got together and and we said hey what what do we want to work on and I said well I want to do a ghost story yeah and, and he said okay so we we both took took a beat we thought about what kind of ghost story we would do and then we pitched each other on our ghost stories <laughs> yeah and because me me and Chris have worked together for a long time on on shorter stuff and various things and. You know, I kind of, you know, wanted to work with him on something. He wanted to work with me. And we had we had done a short little um, zine that I think Chris felt uh, really good about. And I'm like, well, let's keep this kind of rhythm going. And so I, you know, yeah, I'm asking him, what do you want to work on? And he's like, I want to work on a on a ghost story. And so I came up with, with my ghost story pitch and he came up with his ghost story pitch. And yeah, and we pitched each other. And what was yours, Chris? Yeah, mine was like a sad relationship drama <laughs> with a, a, a ghost. Which it, is right in my wheelhouse. You it, know, it my is. First, I thought it was right in your wheelhouse and right in mine. But yeah, my, my first my first self-published series was a relationship drama. And so I think Chris was like trying to give me something I wanted to do. And then I'm like, well, I had this idea about a guy with a vestigial twin that's a ghost and the big gun and they shoot a bunch of people. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go with that. It's way better. So we we were at a we were at a convention and we really we like plotted so much of it out that that the in one day. Yeah. And then we went home and we wrote, you know, documents creating the world and and hammering in on the script and it just it was and I don't even remember saying let's make this a '90s thing. I think it just kind of, I think it just kind of naturally felt like it was in that I, vein, I and then we started to like really lean into it. Yeah, um, I just had this idea of this, I, you know, because again, we are probably at the time flipping through some ridiculous '90s comics, and I just had that in my head that I wanted to have Chris draw that some dude with a giant ridiculously Liefeld gun that has all these different parts on it that don't really add any function to the gun, but they're just like, and it changes with every panel because the guns are inconsistent. I'm like, I just want a dude with a giant gun that's just blasting stuff. And Chris like, yeah, 
let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was uh, very successful because <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, Christopher, something you had said, I was curious about because I, I, I don't, I just don't haven't haven't been I haven't experienced a lot of like underground comics and haven't read them like and I, so what is it about like underground comics that you're drawn to them like is there anything in particular that you're like this is like a really good example of why I love underground comics um I think what's really important for me is that it's everybody has their own unique voice Right. I mean, you can look to particular creators and, you know, immediately if you see anything that they've done, that that's that's this person's work. Um, It's such a a unique um, vision that a lot of people create. A lot of times it's one person creating uh, a book, doing all the writing, all the lettering, um, the all the art, doing everything. And I, I love that aspect. I love the aspect of being a, an actual cartoonist, which is why I was trying to work in the, the lettering, you know, th- th- this issue to try and uh, try my hand at that. I, I, it's really important, I think, also to, to, to work on your own properties. And I know David has said this in, in, in many interviews, like, that's the kind of thing that he wants to write and he wants to 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 put his stamp on and, and to be remembered for. And yeah, it would be cool to write an Alpha Flight book. He probably wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> but uh, you know, resonate I'd have to, I'd have to fight. I'd have to fight Jim Zub for it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the books that he's doing are the books that he wants to do, which is amazing. Um yeah. uh, I don't know, some of the the the, the, the stuff that I'm I've Always keep coming back to Noah Van Skyver. I mean, he's um, autobiographical comics, but he also um, kind of branches out and gets a little bit fantastical with things. But ev- every single time he puts out a book, it's just, I sit down, I read the whole thing in one sitting. I- I'm-, I'm engrossed. Um, this cartoonist, uh, Joshua Cotter, and he's working on a, a series of books that are put out by Fantagraphics called Nod Away. And uh, two, uh, two volumes have come out. They're over 200 pages each, I know. And he puts one out every, I think, maybe two years. And he has like seven volumes planned. And that's, that's wow. just what he's going to do for the next 15 years is... is he has such a drive, such a, a goal and a vision of this universe to put it out. Um, and that's just super admirable for me, for, for people to be doing it. And, and we've been doing this for eight years together, I think, eight or nine years. I've been doing it before then. And I see the, the amount of time and effort it takes to create something, the hustle that it takes. And I just respect all these cartoonists just doing their thing yeah wow that's awesome i I want to check out not away Um, you should it's incredible cool yeah yeah, there's something really i don't know there's something really freeing and fun about just doing this with your friends you know and not sweating like can i push this to a publisher or what did the editor think about this or what artists are they going to team me up with or you know i hope the colorist is you know, we just we have total control over all this stuff, and we decided to do a Kickstarter, 
And then we did a Kickstarter. It's like, and there's no approval process. There's no, um, you know, people worrying about how much money it's going to make and stuff like that. We're just doing this because we freaking love it and it's fun. And I want to do stuff with, with Chris for, for my entire career, you know, with all this other stuff going on. I love our projects equally, if not more, because it's just us, you know, it's just stuff we're like, Hey, let's make something cool. And then we made something cool. You know, it's, it's way different than, you know, the whole pitching to a publisher process and, you know, waiting two years and then finally seeing your book on the stands, which is awesome, you know, versus like, Hey, let's make something. Let's, let's put it out and, and let have people enjoy it, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that is, it is nice to be able to, you know, collaborate with your friends or to work with the same person, you know, on a repeat basis, you kind of develop a shorthand, which I think makes things easier and more fun and Definitely. really aids the collaborative process. Um, uh, but speaking of like pitching to other publishers, David, I, I did want to ask you about like, in terms of your other, your projects, um, you know, because I said, I mentioned, I love resonant, huge fan. And I read end after end and, um, I guess uh, Nightfall double feature your your story in that with uh, yep. Tim Daniel and I think Chris Sheehan on art as Denizen, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I, so our our um is end after end has that wrap now? No, five more issues. The oh, okay. um, it actually issue six should be out by the time this comes out. I think it's coming out the twelfth, the day after we launch this podcast, this uh, Kickstarter on. Um, April 11th, I think, I think end after end six comes out on the 12th. Um, it's been moved around a couple of times. So don't quote me future people who see this podcast, but, <laughs> uh, six is coming out and then we have 10 issues and then that'll be, it'll be wrapped after 10 and, okay. uh, and Denizen part of nightfall double feature is halfway done too. There's four issues of that. And issue three is coming out very shortly. Uh, I think within two weeks of end after end. So. I'll be back to having a couple of things out on the shelf that people can read. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, both are yeah. excellent, excellent stories. And again, and like I mean, a murderer's row of a creative team. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, with um before with the colors that I, I get to work with, uh, I mean, I it doesn't get any better than, you know, Jason Wordy and uh, you know, uh <laughs> Kurt Michael Russell on on end after end and and jason's on uh denizen just like he, he was with me on resonant and just absolutely like top top tier i mean i can't ask for better uh for what you know and is what's great is they bring what that each book needs you know and and bruno did the exact same thing for dead blood it brought what that book needed and 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 elevated it it not the same book without him just like each of those books wouldn't be the same without the colorist that's attached to them. And yeah, Chris Sheehan is an absolute rock star and Sunando C uh, is going to be doing big things, you know, after end after end. So I feel pretty lucky with the, the, the people that I've gotten to work with so far and that Tim Daniel guy, he's okay. You know, we, uh, we're stuck at the hip now. <laughs> pretty much every everything other than dead blood. <laughs> yeah, that Tim Daniel. He's he seems all he's right. He's all right. That guy's all right. Yeah, it's not. It's nothing. Like, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool to have like a writing partner who you can say, "Hey, man, put this comic together that 
that we we made and making getting ready for print. And he's like, okay. And he does a <laughs> kick-ass cover treatment on it that looks exactly like he wanted it to from the 90s. And yeah, uh, it's awesome having uh, talented friends. Yeah, that is uh, that that is pretty nice. Um, so if Dead Blood number one goes well, and I know you've talked about like other issues, if 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 you could have one of those cool, you know, '90s variant covers, like from an artist that was big in the '90s, is there like anyone that would be uh, on that list that you're like, oh, I would love to get this person to do a cover? All of them. <laughs> Like, I mean, Art Adams is my all-time favorite and he will forever be my all-time favorite, you know? And, um, you know, he, I've seen him at cons, but I've been too intimidated to go talk to him. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, Art Adams would be like my number one. I don't even know who my number one would be. Uh, <laughs> it's like a dream world, I guess. Let's have a Jim Lee cover. I mean, right. why not? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just... <laughs> Shoot your shot. Like, it's a podcast. Like $25,000 laying around somewhere we can spend <laughs> yeah. on Jim. Yeah. 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 Probably, I'm probably undercutting his, I'm probably undercutting his price. <laughs> yeah. Well, when he was doing all those, uh, those auction pieces, they were going for major money. But yeah. 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 They were. Yeah. I just, yeah. Everybody, you know, everybody from that time period that again, like, like Chris was kind of mentioning in that late nineties, you know, I, I again grew up during the time where the artist was king and or the all the comics were artist centered and artist driven. And I couldn't name you a, a writer from the early 90s. I had no, I, you know, have no idea who was writing those comics, but I knew sure as heck who was drawing them. And, you know, and that's kind of flipped now. Um, and, but me personally, I'm still, I still follow, you know, artists either as much or a little bit more than I do writers. You know, I enjoy, of course, a good, well-written story, um, but I'm usually walking in the door for the art and then I'll stay if the story's good, you know. Yeah, there, there, is, an, uh, there is an artist and, um, named uh, Mark Pasella, and he followed up uh, Rob Liefeld on X-Force. He did his own book, Tooth and Claw, did a couple of other things. And I feel like he just embodies that 90s style and i i love his work so if i can somehow get to mark Pasella, <laughs> that that's probably more realistic than jim lee i can get us to brett booth i can get us to brett booth i know hey, a, i know a guy solid. who knows a guy <laughs> that's pretty solid <laughs> that's funny <laughs> Get some whiplash on there and yeah, yeah. back black backlash yeah backlash, yeah when my, my brother and I go to Baltimore Comic-Con and we, we go because, you know, we we started going a few years ago. We go every year and we'll take a couple of comics to get signed. We're not big collectors or anything. We just we just like comics. And it's, you know, it's we're, I'm, we're in Delaware, or at least I am. It's like an hour and a half away. But, you know, one year I think Art Adams was there and I, I did get him to sign my uh, annual comics. It's the the issue where Batman and Superman go to the, the town with the vampires. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. I have an I have an art item signed. Um I, I think it's the New Mutants or the X-Men annual where they're in Asgard and that I I read that probably not even reading it, but looking at the pages a thousand times as a kid, you know, just that was that was 
my most abused comic, I think. I just looked at it over and over and over and over again. It's just those beautiful pages. Yeah, that is like the great thing about about comics, just being able yeah. to go back and revisit. And I, I do have some that I, I love to return to. <laughs> sure. Um, well, I mean, this has been great, uh, both of you. I really appreciate you being on here um, on the podcast, uh, David and Christopher. And I, I, I really, truly, I mean, I, I tell everyone this. I feel like folks don't believe it, I, I, but I, I try to really have folks on here who I want to talk to, whose comics, you know, and work I like. And I really did. I mean, I love Dead Blood. I read it, and I had such a good time with it. And I think folks that are listening are are are, are going to enjoy it too. I mean, it is yeah. just really fun out there and i mean the art is great the colors are great and um the lettering's great and i just really think people are going to enjoy it so you know thank you so much for uh for being on the podcast and uh when this goes live i'll have a link in the show notes all the listeners are going to be able to go right on you'll be able to back the kickstarter and i encourage everyone to do it because you know if we let david and christopher know that we like dead blood uh then maybe they'll make more and we'll yeah. get more dead blood. <laughs> that is definitely that is definitely the plan. We get more more dead blood. We can we got a lot of crazy stories to tell. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that the two? I know David, you mentioned end after end. We have uh, a couple more issues coming out and yeah. a nightfall double feature uh, with the story Denizen. Christopher, is there anything else you're working on that you want to let folks know about? Not at the moment. Um, putting. Putting all the effort into the second issue already. We're we're cracking into those pages. So took a little break and you know, a lot of Kickstarter energy right now. Uh that's all right. where time is gonna be spent. Um incessantly tweeting. Uh, but I will get back to the drawing board and uh keep going with Dead Blood. And there's all some right. uh at least one of the add-ons we have is uh is the Christopher Alvarez cover of End After End number one. So if you like End After End. Uh, Chris did a cover, and you can only really get it um, through us because uh, we have them all <laughs> in oh, in my awesome. in my bedroom. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you don't see us, you don't plan on seeing us at show. That's a great little add-on to get um, a a really really rare, you know, five hundred print run um, issue of End After End number one. Um, I really love that story. I, I really hope people stick to it to the end. Um, we're working on the, um, we just got the cover in for the last issue and it's really great. And Sumando's just killing these last couple of issues. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really, uh, I, I, I hope people stick with it. And cause I really think that the, the ending is really, is really a great ending. It's one of the only stories I've ever had that we came up with the ending uh, as soon as we came up with the beginning, you know, it kind of, we knew exactly how we wanted to. Tim and I knew exactly how we wanted to bookend this thing. Um, and uh, I think it's a really great, really great story. The trade is out in a couple of weeks too. So if you want to catch up, get the first five issues in trade and then, and then grab six through 10 as they come out. Um, I would really appreciate that because then I can make more comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think, um, I think I'm one behind. I've, I know I've read issues one through four. So I think five is on my, Okay. to be red pile. Um, yeah. and I, I, I really like it. I really like how I feel like the, every issue kind of 
throws you right into a new situation. So you're kind of experiencing the world of end after end as Walt is, um, yeah. which I really like enjoy about it. And um, yeah, yeah, that I was, really like that was the kind of the yeah, that was kind of the point of him. You know, we wanted the reader to ex- to learn about it as Walt is learning about it. So you're having the same experience that he is. And, you know, kind of like you said with Dead Blood, it's kind of my thing. I like to throw people in. I don't like <laughs> a lot of foreplay or preamble or whatever you want to call it, exposition. Um, I want you to get into the world and start learning from the world um, as the action is unfolding. Um, so, yeah. And read issue five. Issue five is my favorite of the first arc. Um, that's what I call my Gorn issue. Uh, and it was, again, one that I wanted to do immediately when we started right, uh, thinking about this, this series. Even we were talking about just the concept. I told Tim, I want to do an issue that's kind of like a model episode on Star Trek, you know, where it's Kirk and the Gorn right. on the planet by themselves, you yep. know. And so it's, it's, you know, it's Walt by himself without his, any of his helpers, you know. Um, and so I really love that. That issue is really one of my personal favorites. All right, I will. I'll, I'll move it up to the top of the pile. <laughs> I know my, you, pile you getting, no. <laughs> my pile is getting ridiculous. I look it's at it at the side of my bed. I'm like, oh god, I can't. It's too much. There's just there's too many. There's I mean, it's like you know, it's a good time to be a fan of comics, and I think everyone right. should be because there's just there's so many good comics, no matter what it is you're into. That's why yeah, I like doing sure. this because. Yeah, no matter what, if you want something. I mean, even, and, and they're starting to become more, even romance comics and, you know, humor books with, you know, comedies like uh, in them. And so it's, there really is no excuse. Uh, right. You'll find something you like if you like comics. I mean, I, I the people that listen to this podcast have heard me say that, I think, on every yeah. episode. But yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> comics isn't a genre, it's a medium. You can get any genre within comics. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get in there and find something you like. Yeah. Well, David and Christopher, I wish you uh, the best of luck with Dead Blood. I'll, I'm going to be sure to back it because uh, I, I want to hold it in my hands. And um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I oh, appreciate you all your. Your time and uh, uh, you know, just getting the word out there is super helpful. I, I just for people to to be able to 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 have it in their hands is is going to be huge. So we're really hoping for a successful Kickstarter, and yeah. I'm sure this is going to help us out. So thank you so much. Not, not too successful because I don't want to pack too many books. Uh, just very successful, successful. Just successful enough that I'm annoyed, but not. <laughs> upset that i had to pack that many books yeah that's fair that's, that's fair um all right well for for comic book yeti i am uh jimmy gasparro and i really appreciate both david uh, andrew christopher alvarez being on the podcast um and thank you for listening and if you like the podcast rate and review and say nice things about us um you know all the other stuff that they tell you to do if you if you like a podcast and um yeah thank you very much for listening and go read some go read some cool comics and be comics. sure to back the dead blood kickstarter so thank you very much and uh i will uh, we'll see you next time thank you thank you thank you this is Byron O'Neill one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner brought to you by Comic Book Yeti We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, 
how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.